0: Welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges, and joining me today, I've got two very special guests, uh, Miriam Lynch and Lieutenant Ken Rowland of Diversity in Aquatics. Miriam, Ken, how are you guys? Hello.
1: Hi, doing great.
0: (laughs) We're doing swimmingly well. a little background first. Miriam, I'd like to start with you. You are the Chief Executive Officer um, at Diversity and Aquatics. Um, can you tell me just a little bit about your background in aquatics and, and how you got involved with diversity in aquatics?
1: Yeah, um, so my aquatic journey is a little bit um, different. I learned to swim in Saudi Arabia. My dad is uh, military. I grew up a military brat and I um, From then on, uh, you know, my career path went, I really credit my parents to getting me involved in swimming because um, my mother's oldest brother actually drowned. And instead of using it as a fear, she used it to empower us to make sure that we knew how to swim in my family. So both my sister and I were avid swimmers. Um, You know, we started off with Learn to Swim, and then everywhere I traveled, you joined a swim team. That was your way to connect to the community automatically. Um, I had the fortunate um, opportunity. We moved here to Washington, D.C., and I got to swim with um, Coach Pete Morgan, infamous Pete Morgan, who Olympic coach, Ed Moses, um, and that group, and instilled a lot into me. Uh, during that swimming journey, as well as being able to swim with groups like Pinecrest and with um, Jim Ellis, who's also on our board for uh, diversity in aquatics uh, during that, because just in that swimming world, just having chances to travel and swim with some greats like that. Um, Later on, I went to Howard University and uh, swam at Howard University. It is the last HBCU Division I Swim and Dive program. And uh, swam all four years there. And uh, actually, the funny thing is, is that once that finished, I thought I was kind of done with the swimming world. I went into business as a consultant. And uh, through that pathway, I learned a lot about business and really saw there was a connection, intersection between business and what we could do in this aquatic sphere. And I had a chance. Actually, what happened is there was a drowning here in D.C. And I was like, wait, why? are we not helping a community to heal and to learn all the opportunities that are available in aquatics? So I came back home and partnered with my old swim club, uh, NCAP, Pete and his group, as well as Potomac Valley Swimming and did uh, and partnered with DC Parks and Rec and did uh, a, a water safety festival. And in that water safety festival, we had over 150 people from the community of Deanwood show up uh, for the opening of the pool to educate about the opportunities in aquatics from scuba divers, triathletes, um, and more. Um, And with the partnership with Potomac Valley as an LSC, with a community uh, with DC Parks and Rec. Um, Through that, that's what really opened my doors to diversity in aquatics. um, Because the network that I was able to tap into came from it. Um, Sean Anderson, Dr. Sean Anderson and Jason Jackson started Diversity in Aquatics as a network for exactly that reason, to connect all of us from around the country to be able to do um, great work in our communities, to do best practices, to have a number, a number of access to resources. And that was what I tapped in to um, create this water safety festival. And from there, uh, you know, starting to learn more about aquatics and learning more from people like Ken Rowland, even more from people like Lee Pitts, these huge giants that were doing it from the very beginning and teaching and pouring into me what needed to be done, the work that we needed to continue. Um, And so we You know, with the help of them, we have a board that has helped diversity in aquatics grow into the organization that it is based on those principles of what it started from from Sean and Jason, that it was a network to create, um, save lives, but also to create opportunities in aquatics. And we've been able to go 10 plus years now um, on that journey. I've transferred from the business world. I'm a full-time teacher for Fairfax County. And I run Diversity in Aquatics with an awesome board of nine people who are all um, engaged and are passionate about saving lives and also creating those opportunities. Um, We have over 2,000 members uh, worldwide in about 50 some odd countries. And um, it's amazing to hear the stories of our membership, which helps to inspire me every day to hear what they're doing, to hear what um, what. All these different resources that are available and uniting them and making sure that everybody has access—that's our biggest thing. Is that we want to create access. We want to eliminate those barriers so that we can create those opportunities and, and change the stats that we currently see in the swimming community.
0: So I—I've got—I've so many different directions <laughs> I want to go into. Um, so it's—it sounds like a really a, a really good cause. It, it, you know, you guys have been going. Ten plus years strong um, let's get first of all let's break it break down some of those numbers some of those stats um, yeah. you know right right off the top um, what what are numbers that that you tell people to kind of get their attention get them interested and 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 to realize um, how staggering this is
1: yeah, so we know what the stats are currently is that there are great disparities that affect Um, African-American, Hispanic, Latino um, communities greater um, than the current stats that are out there about drowning. Drowning is highly preventable, but affects African-American, Hispanic communities. Drowning affects it five times, six times more likely. Um, Who it affects, especially as an educator, my lens is, and for school-aged children, it is even more so Um, especially for our 11 and 12 African-American boys, who it affects 10 times more, um, are more at risk for drowning than any other age group or racial group. And so um, those are the stats. And what we're trying to do is curb the drowning disparity, trying to save lives. But, you know, as Ken, he's infamous in saying, going from cradle to career. And that's how we go about it, is that there's so many opportunities. When we save a life, when we create and create awareness, getting um, kids, families into uh, learn to swim, but also educating about those opportunities. We can change those stats um, because currently, we, as you said earlier, it's 1.5 is the participation rate um, of those who self-identify as African-American in USA Swimming. And then when you look across the other NGBs or national governing bodies, it's even less. So, um, and there's a lot of opportunities there. There's scholarship opportunities, career opportunities, and more.
0: Yeah, so, so Ken, let's, let's pull you into this conversation. Um, again, can, can you share a little bit about your background in aquatics with us and how you came to be involved with diversity in aquatics?
2: Well, thank you, uh, Coleman. It's just a plum pleasing pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Uh, you're very gracious in your invitation. And I, I I want you to know that I, would, I was uh, trained old-school-wise, you know, at the age of two. My uncle was in charge of uh, our local swimming pool. He was the supervisor at the swimming pool. And my whole family is a swimming family. I come from a swimming family. And um, at the age of two, he threw me in the water. He said, boy, you better swim. And kick your feet and move your arms and I made it to the wall and I've been swimming ever since. So uh, swimming is an integral part of, of uh, my life and what I do. Uh, it, it's swimming really that really has uh, been a guidepost for me. You know I uh, in November of 1980 um, I was in a bad automobile accident and I went through a near-death experience and I saw the light and everything else and and basically, it told me uh, that I was supposed to teach people life-saving skills. So I came back, and uh, I had to get my body right. I was in the hospital for uh, nine months. Uh, I wasn't pregnant, but I was in the hospital for nine months, and my face was reconstructed. They put everything back together. And uh, 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 I would say 50% of my face now is, is metal. It's supported oh. by metal. But uh, I had to learn how to walk, talk, and do everything all over again. And I, I did that by walking down the street to the local pool uh, that I grew up in. And I got my motor skills back right. And eventually I became a, a lifeguard. And I became a, a CPR instructor because my heart stopped. I went through ventricular fibrillation. And I, I just dedicated my life, my life just refocused. I was, I'm a musician. And I've been on tour with The Temptations and a lot of other people. and uh, But when this near-death uh, came, I refocused my life onto teaching people life-saving skills. So that was my, my mission. So I became a lifeguard. I became a lifeguard instructor. I became a water safety instructor. I became a CPR instructor. And I said, well, I just started on this path of, of aquatics and helping people and becoming a, an ocean lifeguard, which is... Uh, uh, a challenge in itself. My coach was the first African-American on the on a, a white beast patrol on the East Coast. His name was Robert Payne. And I became, uh, using that as an impetus, uh, as a role model, I became the first African-American in charge of a white beast patrol. Then, uh, so therefore, I was a lifeguard lieutenant. And, and then I became an instructor trainer in a lot of different areas and, and uh, started my own company. I became a, a CEO of CPR, et cetera. And we started with onesies, twosies, and minimum 10, and hundreds, and now we're teaching thousands. So we're like uh, one of the number one uh, authorized providers or licensed training providers of the American Red Cross. So... We're doing very well with our company, and, and we've taught quite a few people. I started a program called Swim Central, where we've taught over 650,000 children how to swim in the school day for free, and that's one of the reasons why I, I uh, was given an award by the American by the American Red Cross, as well as the International Swimming Hall of Fame. And uh, so I'm a renowned person. I'm an expert witness, and and when it comes to aquatics, I just try to make a difference uh, one stroke at a time.
0: And so, obviously, you are you are enmeshed in aquatics. Um, how how did you come to be on the board uh, at Diversity in Aquatics?
2: Well, um, at first, if the, the one of the founders, Sean, um, he reached out to me because I, I just happened to find that just run doing some searching online and found this organization called uh, Diversity uh, in Aquatics. And, uh, and and basically, I joined and he reached out to me and and he said that they had uh, some um, uh, presentations that they would like to come down and, and share with some of my constituents. And I was in charge of the city of Fort Lauderdale. Uh, they had eight swimming schools. And so I invited Sean down and got to know him and We had a fish fry, and we do things a little differently in the Black community when it comes to the pools. We had a fish fish fry and music and everything else, and I had him talk uh, about swimming as far as uh, the Navy and everything else, too, how we can actually get more people involved uh, to become uh, 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 special interest swimmers and and divers and things like that with the navy and and we started uh just a friendship and and then he along with uh, uh lee pitts and i we talked about this diversity in aquatics and, and and he asked both of us to become on the board to act as uh, advisors and uh, and so uh, 10 years later uh, you know we've, we've we've done amazing things uh, reaching out all over the world with international water safety Day. Uh, bringing bringing life sales around the world to children all over the class uh, in the classrooms as well as uh, many other things having water safety festivals and having conventions and we just all pulled all of our resources together and uh, we just came together in this great organization called reverse and aquatics and 10 years later uh we have this prolific organization that is uh reach so many people and, and we really try to make a difference in everybody's life when it comes to Mm-hmm. Yeah. M-
0: Miriam, anything to add?
1: No, yeah, exactly that. I mean, we, um, for us, you know, to be able to reach 1 million each year with International Water Safety Day, um, because that's where it starts, as Ken said, um, and what he's been able to do um, through Swim Central, it starts also in the classroom. So drowning is a number two unintentional cause of a death. And we know both motor vehicles are number one, poison is number three, but somehow those two are the ones that are addressed in the classroom. But drowning sometimes gets skipped, you know, teachers with, you know, and inc- doing health education um, and covering public health, it goes, the notion is sometimes, oh, if I'm, if I'm away from it, I'll be safe. Um, and so what we try to do with the Virgin Aquatics as a, a, a collaborative unit is that we want to get into the classrooms. We want to talk about, we don't want to always talk about it as a, a fear tactic, like don't drown, but also as an opportunity tactic. Once you learn to swim, that it opens up the world of possibilities. And I'm just so proud of each of our members and our board for setting that direction for us. But being able to reach that many people each year with our partners, such as the American Red Cross um, and a number of other organizations uh, to get that messaging out there.
0: Yeah. And, and so you guys have mentioned you have a number of ways to get your messaging out there. Um, I, I, unfortunately how, how I came across diversity in aquatics was, mm-hmm. was from a situation that happened in Fort Lauderdale very recently, um, within the mm-hmm. past month, you know, where now is, is G a member? Yes. Yes. So, so where a member of diversity in aquatics was, you know, asked to leave, uh, a pool in Fort Lauderdale, essentially, essentially for being black, yeah. um, yeah. Can you can you guys elaborate a little bit on uh, on that situation and and uh, and give me a rundown of of kind of the the reaction and and how how that how diversity in aquatics was was able to turn that into uh, into into a positive into into an opportunity for education.
1: Yeah, so I will. Um... We got the call from G on uh, Sunday evening. Um, we have a, diversity in aquatics, has a uh, master's and triathlon team uh, in South Florida. So we partner with US Masters and US Triathlon um, to run it. And our coach, our head, um, is Thaddeus Gamery. He's done such an awesome job about bringing a, a matrix of things to address um fear and create those opportunities uh down in south florida for adults and for youth to engage in aquatics um so he runs that every week with a number of volunteers that are also members of diversity in aquatics um and one of the members is g that comes um weekly on a regular basis down there with a number of other members nikki and masai her son uh, so to continue on, one of the biggest things is that we talk, we've been talking about is that during COVID is to find your place of peace, find your, to continue, if opportunities still arise, go to the swimming pool. And that's exactly what she was doing with Masai, her son, um, and another fellow member, uh, Nikki. Uh, so they went to Carter Park, um, and just to enjoy the water, to have a little bit of normalcy um and that time got disrupted uh by a white woman um who created an atmosphere that was unnecessary at the pool uh and so you know for us we we were told of the story that sunday night and immediately uh thaddeus got us all together and we developed a plan um with ken and a number of people uh g included nikki and more to to address this and work on a restorative um, uh, community approach um, because through this matter so uh, and I'll let Ken talk more about that too.
2: Well the good thing is, is is that the right that is exactly the right word the restorative in the restorative justice of swimming. for thousands of years, people of color were the greatest swimmers on the planet. Um, It was a lifestyle. This is what we did. We swam everywhere. We swam all the time. It was great. Uh, Then along came this thing called slavery, Um, and and they brought uh, those Native African Americans over here to the United States. And the reason why, too, that they brought them over, because at first you had the Native Americans, the Indians, that were that were great swimmers as well. So swimming was a, a part of their life as well, their lifestyle. But uh, they were captured and and they were forced to try to go down and get some of the uh, uh, booty, some of the uh, um, pearls and things uh, mm-hmm. as far as um, some of the wealth of this land. They were they were constricted to to, to go dive down and get and things out of oysters, and so the, they had a problem with the Native Americans in that the Native Americans did not uh, like being enslaved, and they they would rather kill themselves than be enslaved. And so they brought over African Africans then to basically kind of replace them, and, and we we had a very rich tradition of swimming, but. The problem with swimming is that if if, if a slave knows how to swim, that he can get away. So they had to get rid of that swimming tradition that came. So for thousands, for hundreds of years, that's been kind of erased out of our culture. I am very fortunate in that I came from a swimming family. My family always swam. Um, like mm-hmm. I said, my, my uncle was the second lifeguard in, on the white beast patrol. And so he was in charge of the swimming pool. So we have a prolific uh, experience when it comes to aquatics in that particular pool that G and Masai went to. And so we have this great uh, swim team there. That had, that pool was built in response to the International Swimming Hall of Fame pool. Um, it was built in response uh, to give people of color on the other side of the, of the tracks uh, a swimming pool that they could go into. Um, and so. Uh, there was a great deal of tradition that had followed there for, for lots of years. The pool was built in the early 50s. And so, um, so I, the small story is that Masai became um, one of my clients. He came and he enrolled into a lifeguard class and, uh, and, he, and swimming uh, needed some remediation and I encouraged him. Uh, and he also got in, involved with the uh, diversity in aquatics in Thad- Thaddeus Gamery, with the uh, um, master swimming. And I told him that he needed to work on mm-hmm. his swimming strokes to become more proficient at it. He needed to do long, slow distance. And, and one of the places that they, they sought out just happened to be this pool that I grew up in. And this pool, like I said, has a prolific history of blacks in swimming. We had the uh, Sunland Park, the pool was called Sunland Park, the Sunland Park Seahorses. And in that time, we had like a chitlin circuit of separate but equal South when it came into the, uh, the swimming arena. And so there were black swimming teams all throughout South Florida that we competed against. And that swimming team there at Carter was the most prolific uh, swimming team in South Florida. They were undefeated. And uh, that's my legacy, my family and everything else. So I was highly upset when I heard about this incident of, of uh, this lady telling, calling the police on, yeah. on, on on these two people swimming in the pool, which is a pool that's traditionally um, has been very good as far as uh, teaching people how to swim and promoting competitive swimming and everything else. Because there is a uh, a, re, a redevelopment over at the International Swimming Hall of Fame, so their program moved over to the inner city, and mm-hmm. among those, they came over and they started using the pool, and they kind of seemed as if that pool was theirs, and 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 that's how they um, approached it. And so this lady, Lainey, uh, is the lady that I'm talking about. Um, uh, made sure that she was, that she made her opinion known that she didn't want to, these people swimming in the water with her and, and mm-hmm. forced the lifeguard, threatened to have the lifeguard fired, all this sort of stuff if they didn't call the police to get yeah. these black folk removed from the pool. Let me say this, no one should have the police called on them just for swimming in the water, for swimming. I mean, that's just ridiculous. No one should have the police calling them and, and be removed from the pool because uh, they're swimming in the water with you and you don't like the color of it. So that was the impetus behind the swim in and we got the whole community behind it. And uh, we're just trying to go to the restorative aspect of it to restore uh, of the justice of, of black and brown people around the world when it comes to education and, and knowledge of the water.
0: Right. Uh, so can you tell me a little bit about, about that swim in, you know, uh, what, what, what was the turnout like? What, what was the reception like? I mean, again, it, it sounds like you're taking a, you know, a pretty, a pretty hurtful incident and, a and turning it into something positive. Well, you want to
2: say how we, how it started there, um, Miriam?
1: Yeah, so, um, for us, we, that's what we we approach aquatics with a positive to create a relationship, right? So we know that in order to move the needle forward, it takes community building, community consensus. Um, and that's exactly what we did. So one of the first steps was um, through Ken, through Thaddeus, was contacting um, Fort Lauderdale, the city, and, and informing them um, of us and, and what we'd like to do. Um, at the pool um and also involving g and nikki and Masai into the into the healing process um of going back to because that's that's, the event is very traumatic we we've seen this summer that there have been number of incidences that um where um black and brown people going to the pool has been questioned Um, and that creates a traumatic event where people don't want to go back. And we wanted G and Nikki to know that they were supported and that they, this is, let's go now and create a positive relationship, not only for them too, but also for the community because that, that incident created friction that created ripples into the community. Like, wait, there's people coming and telling me I can't go to my own community pool. Um, and so that was part of the matrix of work that we did um, was connecting um, the swim community, the community that Carter Park was into, along with diversity in aquatics and the resources that we had to create this restorative justice um, swim in. And from that, that was what Uh, the swim in was on that following Sunday, we were able to quickly mobilize. And I give credit to our membership down there who all worked to make sure US Master swimmers knew, um, triathletes knew and more um, about this, and that we were actively working on and continue to work on in making sure that Everybody has that positive. We can turn this incident to create awareness of the history, um, as Ken explained, the history of the community and the strong. This There is so much first Black female head coach. Um, uh, her family was present and being able to be down there, um, who grew up at the pool. Uh, we heard so many stories from the community like, I learned to swim here. I was connected here. And it was all, we, It turned out to be, because of the atmosphere that was created, a reunion of sorts and healing altogether um, stemming from something that happened so tragic. Um, and from that, I've heard from G and Thaddeus and Masai and Nikki that they've been able to return to a pool, understanding what that incident helped to do and create that bridge towards a more positive side.
2: There are so many more folks uh and you so eloquently put that but there are so many more folks that are now venturing to show that black people do swim and right. you know that's a common myth that hey you know big bones all this other stuff and we can go into a whole lot about all of that but black people have a, like i said a very rich history of, of swimming and that's why we wanted to make sure that we have this restorative justice in this you know, whereas you are aware of your history, you're aware that you were some of the greatest swimmers on the planet. Right here in this particular neighborhood, we have some of the greatest swimmers uh, uh, around, uh, really, period, That, that yeah. in the neighborhood right there at that pool. So that tradition of swimming, uh, we wanted to show that the community does swim, that this particular segment of the population does swim. And not only that, we've been having... Uh, programming there at that pool that proliferated this and, and started these things. Uh, this whole, my whole upbringing, and the reason why I started this model with Swimming Central, where we've taught well over 650,000 people, the model came from there. That's where I learned the cradle to create a career, actually. Uh, and that's what we were implementing there at that pool. And we wanted to make sure that everybody knew that that kind of things was going on. We have greater enrollment as far as police officers, uh, firefighters, uh, now because we have this prolific swimming program that, that branches out and helps people as far as jobs, as far as uh, education, as far as everything. Uh, there's been there's a laundry list of maybe uh, of of people from the 60s all the way up to today that have uh, really shown how that pool has impacted them in a positive manner and they've gone on to greater things in business uh, greater things as far as helping people they had great better grades in school all this stuff so we just wanted to make sure that we rallied the whole uh, world around swimming, and especially no one should have the police called on like swimming while
0: yeah. I couldn't agree more and and uh from from your accounts, it sounds like it sounds like a beautiful event you know when when you get a community together like that, and you're able to hear about everyone's history uh, you know mm-hmm. the good and the bad it um it 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 allows you to heal and it allows you to grow and learn and that it sounds amazing and that's that's so cool you guys that that you were able to do that and have it be such such a success. Um we're we're down to about five minutes and so I want to um want to get this message out as much as we can. Diversity and diversity in aquatics you can visit them at diversityinaquatics dot org. Um yeah. You know they've got. on am um, um, I'm looking at the governing board right now. You've got Lieutenant Ken Rowland, who's who's joining us now. You've got Jim Ellis, the prolific head coach of of PDR yeah. in Philadelphia. You've got Maritza McClendon, once Maritza Correa, 2004 Olympic silver medalist, world champion. Um, yeah. So there, you know, you, you've got a lot of history in the sport and, and a lot of a lot of great educators. So what I want to know is that if, if people d- visit diversityinaquatics.org, um, w- what are a few things you guys have to offer? You, know, the, you, you go to the home website and there's, there's a lot. It, it looks like there's so many resources. Um, take, me, take me through just a few of the highlights and, and what you can uh, get from being a member or just visiting the website.
1: Um, from our website, you get um, perspective on really what we are trying to address. We understand that in order to cr- increase participation and dismiss the um, and, and also close in and curb the disparities, it starts with some work at work beforehand. hand um, like this. This incident um sends ripple effects in in messaging to communities like oh i'm not welcome here well what we're trying to do is dismiss those stereotypes and also address those barriers so that we can get into the learn to swim um, and that's a that's the model of what we've been able to take if people we are an action-based organization we are one that as you see from the swim in we go and we make sure we address these things a part of our big thing we um, for our memberships, we have every year a convention. This year we're partnering with AOAP, um, on the Association of Aquatic Professionals, in um, doing a convention so that you can go to both um, AOAP and Diversity and Aquatics Convention and start to take action in your community. That's what we are creating is, um, is action-based organization and understanding of what really needs to happen as a multi-sectoral approach towards addressing the drowning disparities and creating those opportunities. So that's what you'll find on our webpage. That's what you get as part of a member, um, is that education piece, but also the way to take action in your own community. And plus access to amazing people, as you mentioned, plus others i like to uh, mention who's helped us to build. Um, Arthur Lopez, uh, who infamous, uh, amazing individual who started yeah. Nadar Porvida, who's been able to make big impacts with hispanic latino populations through his program um and uh, also lee pitts who um very influential and amazing instructor for learn to swim but also opportunities in aquatics so um it's access to people like that access to members from all over the world um come to our convention we'd love to have you there um learn network let's learn together we We are 100 percent volunteer. Every dollar we get, we put back into the communities um, to do events such as the swim in, increasing education for water safety um, and doing and supporting other programs um, that are in our aquatic sphere. So we're not just swimming. We're also rowing, scuba diving, all of that. We are all those things as a part of our organization.
0: Well, Miriam, Ken, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for coming on uh, diversityinaquatics.org. Check out the website. There's so many resources in 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 building our aquatic community, making it a more inclusive place and, and making it a safer and happier place for everyone. Um, again, Miriam, Ken, thanks so much for, for your time.
2: Well, oh, thank you so much. We call upon all groups to support uh, people against this racist attitude as far as uh, we need to have safe places in swimming pools and in schools and local communities so we call everybody to stand up against these injustices in, in our communities
0: you've been listening to the swim Swam podcast stay tuned for new episodes every week